Hey listeners, welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. I'm your host, Chuck Peters, and we are uh, excited always to come to you via podcast and to talk about different uh, different ideas that are pertinent and relevant and hopefully applicable and actionable to you, the listener, as you serve in your context. Today, we want to talk about something that we all need to be thoughtful of. Oftentimes, we uh, we think about what we need to do to get through the day. We deal with the urgencies of the moment, but we need to keep our eyes set on a longer-term goal as well. One of those goals is developing other people who can maybe follow in our footsteps uh, to go into full-time ministry one day or, or even to serve in, a, in a, uh, an ongoing basis as a volunteer. And so we want to talk about mentoring young people in ministry. And so as you lead what are you passing on? What will be your legacy? Who will be your legacy? That's what we're talking about today on the podcast. My guest today is my friend Jeremy Carroll. Hey, Jeremy. Hey, Chuck. How's it going? That's going great. It's a little bit rainy outside. A little bit rainy. I got wet. I had kind to walk down the road, and man, I got soaking wet. You've got? Did you have a hat? I did. I had my raincoat on with a little hood. So I never became an umbrella guy. Are not you? Either. No, so not like really. We have all these umbrellas that are literally <laughs> leaning against the wall by the door in our garage. Yeah. And I, we actually, we, we converted our garage into living space oh, cool. a while ago. So we put, took out the overhead doors and put in sliding glass doors and carpet in it. Nah, and it cool. feels like a, like a family room. So we have these umbrellas leaning there by the door. And I, even when it's raining, I never think to take one. And I always kind of regret that. Well, I, my wife is really super. She loves umbrellas. She never goes anywhere. If there's a chance of a drizzle, she has an umbrella. But to me, it's like by the time I carry the umbrella, and it gets soaking wet. And then I have to stand out in the rain to put the umbrella down and get it in the it car. And, yeah. and then I'm still getting wet. So I just I just never really embraced the uh, motive of the umbrella there. Have you seen those ones? I don't know if I saw it on Shark Tank or one of the somewhere. Have you seen those umbrellas that actually close the other way? Oh, I've like seen Like they fold that, yeah. up and out fold rather the, than yeah, down and in. Right. You had to kind of push the water on the, on the yeah, outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's cool. To get in the car, like get in and mm-hmm. out of the car. It seems good because like your umbrella always wants to – fold backwards the wrong uh-huh. way and break. And so this one, when it folds backwards the wrong way, it's like what it's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah it's exactly it's like a, how it's designed. A feat of engineering. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It's amazing how it took us that long to get there, right? I know. And, and yet <laughs> neither one of us actually no, still don't use them. Have it, so no. with your umbrellas, if you were going to choose, do you, first of all, I remember being a kid, my mom had this umbrella that was the clear plastic, and it was like a bubble that you stood inside of. Oh, yeah, of. you could see through a little <laughs> yeah, bit. Yeah, it was awesome. Did you ever have one of those? I never had one, but, yeah, I remember seeing those. Those are those It was are a little weird. Of, yeah. Kind of like being inside the bubble, the cone of silence yeah. or something when you were in there. But now they've just gotten bigger and bigger, and with sports things. The big golf umbrellas. So now you got the big the, – not then you got the – I don't even know what they're called, but then the, the big almost like the tent beach, umbrellas. Beach umbrella where and you the tent umbrellas, yeah. sit them on the soccer field, on the sidelines, and now your kids are all huddled underneath it, and it's like – Mostly for shade. Mostly for shade. But they are good for um, my kids. That would really be funny to walk down the street with one of those, because <laughs> yeah, you'd be like, "Could you imagine like being in Manhattan, walking down the street, and you're right. knocking, knocking people, people over because your umbrella is so giant?" That's right. I think they would probably would look at you funny if you did that. They probably would. That's right. They look at me funny anyway. <laughs> Anyhow, we're here to talk about mentoring, and so this is something I know personally. I asked you specifically to be a, the guest on this. Uh, episode. So, Jeremy, you uh, you currently are the publishing team leader for Kids Discipleship Resources right. for Lifeway Kids, yep. and so you're. But you've also been a team leader for the Gospel Project. So you create content, and you you're accustomed to creating resources and curriculum and that sort of thing for people who lead in ministry. But you came from ministry. That's right. Yeah. You were in the church. You were the the kids ministry. Uh, leader, and uh, and you took kids to camp. You've done all kinds of different things, which is really great. We um, yesterday 
sat together on a panel discussion and we were talking about recruiting. And as mm-hmm. we did that, we were talking about, you know, how do you find people to recruit? How do you uh, go about inviting them to join your ministry? And we got to this little moment where we maybe only said a sentence or two because the focus was on recruiting. Right. Yeah. But we got to this moment where we talked about retaining people and training them. And it made me think about how what I've seen you do with, with our friend Landon Tucker Shout yeah, out to right. Landon. That's hey, right, Landon. Landon. How's hey, it going? Up, Landon's a, a young guy who was a volunteer in your church as a young person. Mm-hmm. He wound up becoming a staffer for CentraKid for, for uh, one of our camps here uh, that we run and lead. And now he is serving in full-time ch- children ministry at a church. That's right. Yeah. And, but he, he, you, he was developed under your leadership when you were in ministry. He was developed around me. I, I, I don't not know. for you to take credit. Yeah, That's yeah. Not, I, it's it's hard to talk about. Although that Landon would give you credit, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, uh, in fact, Landon uh, just uh, this month actually. So we're we're recording this in November. He is gonna uh, is being ordained into gospel ministry this month. Uh, had cool his ordination that? council uh, recently. Has his ordination service coming up uh, just in a week or so, a couple of weeks. And so, yeah, he's full on uh, embracing the call that God's got on his life. Man, and that is so cool. And that, isn't that satisfying for you, yeah, for you as a leader to see how he has grown and how he's following God into kids' ministry? It really is, yeah. It's, it's great to look back and go, wow, it's funny where we started. And I can't say that I had the vision to know where he would go. Sure, sure. But, but there was that... that little bit of something in my spirit going, you know, God, I, I think you're doing something in his life that's big. And yeah. and if I could just be part of that for a minute, for, for a little while, and, and being able to, to now see that come through, and, and we still chat on a regular basis. I wasn't able to make it down for his ordination council, but I'm hoping to be down for his ordination service. And it's just uh, it's just real, real special to know that you have had some little uh, step in somebody's ministry or in their path along the way. That's Absolutely. Really good. Yeah. We, uh, at our recent Etch conference, uh, Christine Kane was one of the speakers, yeah. and she closed out the session, and she used this analogy of, of passing our faith along. She mm-hmm. used the analogy of passing the baton, how runners are running, and there's this window of opportunity where they need to be in the right stride, in the right zone, and they can hand that baton off to the next runner because – we all have a season where we will serve That's in right. ministry, and yeah. then there's a time when we'll be done. But we need to be looking for people to pass the baton of ministry off to. That's right, yeah. And so I wanted to give you an opportunity to share just from your insight. Again, we're not—nothing against you, Jeremy, no. but we're not here to celebrate, like, what you've done. No, yeah. But, but to gain insight from what you've seen. Yeah. Uh, to help us start to have eyes to see young people around us to be intentional about speaking into their lives and not just saying, hey, could you cover this class for me or could you be there to be crowd control? But how can we see people of any age that we are leading in a way that we we invest in them in a way that develops them to be leaders as well? Where yeah. would you begin with that process? Just let's go free form with the thoughts. What yeah. Are you yeah. We'll just we'll just kind of kind of kind of roll it. I, I and this, I said this in our panel. You mentioned our panel. I said this, and so at the at the risk of overstating the obvious, and I did not always do this well, but recognizing that passing the baton of ministry is a spiritual exercise, it's a spiritual activity, mm-hmm. and so I think that the first place to start is as you are the ministry leader, you are setting aside strategically planned on purpose, block it out on your calendar, whatever you need to do to be intentional, but praying for your, you, your ministry, your team, 
the, the, the volunteers, pray for them by name, the people that are around you, that just puts you in the mindset of, go, of being more spiritually sensitive to what God's doing. It just, it just it primes your pump to know, to see what God's doing. And so I think that really is the first place to start because the next thing is now you can start looking around you. And, yeah. and maybe you're not looking for the, the, the immediate hold of field. Maybe you are. That's a season. But you, talked about, you talked about sometimes we have Swiss cheese. <laughs> yeah. We look up at our needs, and there's a bunch of holes where we need teachers or need helpers. Right, and, and we just know that we have those spots. But if you, can, if you get into a regular habit of systematically, and I use those words. I know those seem like very rigid words, but um, I think because God gave us a model prayer, in the Gospels, Jesus gave that to his disciples. I think that is embedded within that is, hey, there is, there is a um, intentionality to praying. It does not just need to be off the cuff whenever. It there is a, Lord, I need you today, and there is a systematic part of that. I think that's kind of embedded there. So, when you pray for people, you start to see the people around you with fresh spiritual eyes to to know what God's doing and 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 you're now relationally talking to them and praying for them about specific things and that's just as the natural outflow of a of a regular prayer life for them yeah. that's just what's going to happen but what it also does is it gives you a little bit of a stress reducer and yeah you're going to have those moments to fill the holes but but as as you are slowing down your stress you're now looking out beyond the here and now to what are some other things that we can do? What are some other areas in our place, in our ministry that we need uh, to grow or to do something? And as you do that, in this spiritual exercise of prayer and meditation on God's Word and thinking about the people that He surrounded you with, um, you're going to start to notice things in them that you'll, you will recognize things in them that can be built up. Mm-hmm. And you will start to see, you know, He is really great at this, or she is... Has just has an exceptional knack for that, yes. whatever it is, and as you see that, um, you can can then start again strategically praying for that person. And I say pray, but pray about the ask every time before you do the ask. Yes. No, but you got to go do the ask. And so uh, another example of somebody who was in uh, ministry. She was a uh, kindergarten Sunday school teacher. She had just, when I first went to my, the, the last church where I was on staff, when I first went there, she had been serving, her and her husband were leading our kindergarten Sunday school class maybe three months, four months at the most. And as I got to know this young couple, she just had, she had two things that stood out to me. One, she had an administrative eye like nobody that I knew. She could just see the details and make them work. Uh, and she was also very crafty, which I am not. So that was a, was something I was specifically attuned to because I have a deficiency in that area and just don't naturally can it's come up with a good to recruit for your weaknesses. <laughs> That's right? right. Get other people to compensate. But as I started praying for the team and started recognizing this in her, it eventually became where she was somebody who started as a volunteer and eventually ended up bringing her on staff um, to help run our preschool ministry. And uh, which anybody who's out there doing preschool ministry knows that it's super volunteer heavy. Yes. Uh, in most churches, you've got a rotation. Uh, if you got multiple services, you got multiple rotations, multiple layers of rotation. It's just very administrative heavy in the preschool area. Lots of snacks and crates and things you got to yeah. fill. Just a lot of stuff. But she was great at that, and uh, she loved kids, and and we already knew that. So, um, being able to identify. But but that started through praying for her and through as I started praying for my team early on in that ministry. 
and then then seeing that in there uh, in her. And so I think looking at the relationships around you, sometimes it's not people who are looking for mentors. Sometimes it's p- the last person you would expect. And I think just being able, spending that time in prayer is gonna is gonna be that catalyst to start opening your eyes to 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 start recognizing traits in people that that God may be doing something great and that they don't even know yet in some cases. I like that uh, you said opening your eyes. Hmm. Many of us are so focused on the task at hand. I mentioned earlier, we deal with the urgencies of the moment. We have to get through this week and Mm -hmm. we've got something this hour that we have to deal with that. uh, And we believe, which is true, that our ministry is to children, right? And or their families. But something we need to be careful to not miss and that we need to have our eyes open to is that we are really leaders of leaders. And so we may not all, the listeners right now, may not think of themselves as a leader of leaders, but truthfully, that's what we need to do, right? We need to be equipping and empowering others to multiply the ministry Mm -hmm. because we can't be in every room at the same time. But it takes a different eye, a different mindset and an eye to, to see that. So I love your idea of asking God to let us see the people around us praying for them specifically, but having that eye to look for leadership uh, ability or potential in somebody. Yeah. What is it that you look for? When you, when you see things, you mentioned somebody had a, a, a knack for administration mm-hmm. or, or for you know, other skill sets that you're like, oh, that would make them really good at this role. What sort of things do you notice in someone? Like when you look at a Landon or someone like that, uh, right. what, is it, what characteristics is it that you see that you're like, that, there's leadership potential there? Yeah, and I did mention specific skills, but I think the word you just used is probably the one that I would lean more heavily on, and that is character. Mm. Um, I look and and would advise anyone to look look for character, and this is not just people you're going to mentor and people you're you're maybe eyeing for for moving up in larger roles, but just in volunteers in general. And and the reason is is because competency is way easier to teach than character. Sure. Um, character can be taught. We believe that with sanctification of the Holy Spirit is going to work in us and we're all growing. Um, but competency, that is the, the fine skills of administration or um, making photocopies or whatever that those things, procedures those things are fairly yeah. easy to teach. Yeah. And so I'm not looking generally, I would not be looking for I would not actively be looking for those skill sets as much as I'm looking for teachable spirit, humility, just loving kids, loving yes. God, uh, having this growing relationship. So the two big ones that I would always say and, and have said in panels like we had the other day are uh, teachable spirit or teachability and humility. Yes. Uh, those are the two that I'm looking for. And if somebody displays that along with a, a certain level of um, initiative, then I'm going, okay, you know, they want more. Yeah. And, and God's bubbling up inside them to want more than than what they're doing. They're doing what they're doing great. Yes. Um, but there's something more. And so I'm going to lean. First thing I'm I'm looking for is I'm praying for people. I'm God. What are you doing in their character? What are you doing in their sanctification? And they're growing to be like Christ. What are you doing in that part of their life? And and oftentimes you can't separate those two. You you start seeing those and you go well. You know what? You know, they have this teachable spirit, and, and as I see them and recognize places where they're leading, they're really excelling at administration. They're really excelling at being prepared and on time or you know, different other skill things, and those things kind of come alongside one another. Really, really they, they'll come alongside one another. So um, humility and teachability are the two that I most often are going to look for. Um, uh, but then – uh, I don't want to go beyond that and and uh, and start to have active conversations with them. 
Um, and this is kind of transition to maybe a, a, a next place of, okay, now that I've recognized this, um, I, and, and this, this girl that I mentioned, started recognizing some things in her and, hey, could you do this? And, hey, could you, hey, could you do this? Um, then before I knew it, they were at every event that I was running. They were the first ones there after me and, the, and left with me. And her and her husband, they didn't have kids. And so they were just, they were so active. And they had bought into what we were doing as a ministry and they could not get enough. And so it was through those times as we were building relationship and just talking to getting to know one another and, um, you know, hey, all right, well, we need to get cleaned up. Here's some things we need to do. And by the, about the time I get the list out of my mouth of the things that need to get done, her husband's already pulled the vacuum cleaner out of the closet and they're running. I mean, they're just, you know, that kind of volunteer. And and so uh, we get to talking. And so uh, we move that conversation from, hey, would you be interested in something in, in something a little more formal? Like you're doing a great job in what you're doing. And so, you know, kind of praising you in that, praising that, that person and what they're doing. Uh, but but then um, mentorship in the way that w- that we're kind of discussing today, like many things in life, they don't it doesn't happen by accident. You don't accidentally get mentored by somebody right. most of the time. And you may learn something from somebody, but actual having mentorship that doesn't happen by the mentor or the mentee by yeah, accident. It, it kind of implies intentionality. Yeah, and yeah. sometimes that is on the part of the person who wants to be mentored. They're actively seeking somebody out. And I would put Landon in this case. He was seeking somebody out. Hey, I, I, I don't know what's next for me, but I just need somebody to help me yes. in this phase of my life. Um, but this other girl, she wasn't like that. She w- was just kind of content doing what she was doing. And so it was me who said, you know, I, I, God's doing something in you, and, and I'd really like the chance to work with you and, and, and talk with you more. And so um, I don't want to say we, we got into Bible study, but, but we started – Start having regular times of meeting outside of event times and, yeah. and, and programming. And um, those were the kinds of things that, that took us to that next level um, where eventually after several of those kinds of conversations typically revolved around spiritual things. Sometimes they revolved around um, logistical administrative things. Yeah. But one of the things that I it just was specifically with, uh, with Landon, I'll say, one of the things that I, that I just love to do, because it was an encouragement to me, yes. is I would just kind of run through my teaching points. Yeah. And not really practice teaching, but but the, but it was helpful for me to verbalize it out loud and, and have the conversation. But would find that that was actually a tool that was helping him because he was watching me process it. Yes. He was processing it with me. And so then when I actually got to the part of teaching it, we could come back and go, yeah, you see how we talked about that, and, and this is this is how we refine that to get to where we really needed to be in that language or, or whatever the case was. And and uh, so there was a lot of spiritual discussions, Bible discussions about teaching and things like that. Um, and so that was kind of where that evolved from, specifically with him and uh, with this other girl. That's where that evolved. We, we I went to the ask, hey, are you, are you, are you willing to, to do something a little more formal? Can we get together, um, you know, Sunday afternoon or, you know, Wednesday night after we're done? Um, you don't have kids, so you, you don't, you're not rushing off somewhere. Can we spend 15 or 20 minutes just talking afterwards? Kind of debriefing the day is, is a lot of times how I would, how I would start it, yeah. which eventually moved us to the place of, hey, you know, I, I see something. God, again, this comes back to I see God's doing something in you. Um, I'm not, I'm not. Uh, pious enough to say that God's calling you to ministry, 
I, I don't think that's my place. Right. But I see guys doing something in you, and I'd love the opportunity for us to continue to explore that. Yeah. Um, to eventually where that led to, she came on staff. Uh, we already mentioned Landon came, had come on staff. So we came. We we so now we had this team of people in this church. We were fortunate to be able to pay them a little bit to do that. They were part time, but um, not every church has to be that, and not every mentor relationship that we're, that I'm describing. You don't. If you're out there thinking, oh well, I don't have the budget. I can never pay somebody. It doesn't need to be paid. It and, and in fact, it's in most cases, if it's done. I believe if it's done in this way where it's done through a, a spiritual lens yeah. that you want to invest in people and you want to help God grow them, they won't expect any payment. Yeah. Uh, they're not looking for a job in most cases. And so the, fa- so the fact that you can't pay them usually won't be an issue. Uh, but those are some things that, that have took me, that took me through that process. Um, so why do yeah. you think, um, why do you think it's so important that we as leaders not only execute ministry, but invest in other people to train them up to do what we do. Uh, well, I think, honestly, I think it just goes back. I don't know that I can say it better than you did already, and that is well, um, thank you, Jeremy. We, <laughs> we have a season of life. God's ch- trusted us with a season of ministry wherever we are. Yeah. Um, sometimes those seasons are going to be long, and, and Lord bless us when those are, are long seasons because yeah. he can do so much good to us if we, if we ha- are stayed places in long periods of time. Sometimes those seasons are going to be shorter. Uh, the last place I was on, uh, not paid staff, but I was a volunteer staff, it was only about 11 or 12 months where I was there, 13 months, um, where I was I was a volunteer kids director, uh, not getting paid, just doing it because I was there and I, and I had some experience and they didn't have anybody to really help their ministry. And so that season was, was relatively short. But knowing that things come in seasons – uh, to, to expand the, the, the analogy, the metaphor that we talked about, opening our eyes, a lot of times when I um, have done parent training in the past, I talk about parents lifting their eyes up off the here and now, the survival mode, and looking toward the horizon. Um, and I think that's the same concept that needs to be done in ministry mm-hmm. because we need to get up our eyes up off the horizon. Let's 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 shift back to the the, the racing, the running yeah. metaphor. We need to know where that zone is, the handoff zone. Yes. Um, I can't remember if that's actually what she called it or not, but we'll, we'll call it that for the time being. Um, that wherever that baton handoff zone is, if I don't know where that is, then I'll never make it. Hmm. I, I, I'll stumble into it, and I and I may miss it. Now I may not know the exact season or date or time that God has given me somewhere, but if I never spend the time to raise my eyes to look ahead, then I'll never be ready to hand the baton off. And so I think the reason we need to do that is because we need to be training those leaders. I think this is just all of, a lot of times it's in family context in Old Testament, but all throughout the Old Testament, we see Moses raising up Joshua. Yes. We, we see this over and over again of, of, don't forget to tell the next generation and then it's in Judges, right? When when Joshua didn't really do his job so well, that a, a generation rose up that didn't know yeah. the things of God. And so I think that's why we have to – we think about it in kids' ministry often, but I think that applies to leadership as well. Um, we, have to, we have to be thinking, who, who's going to be carrying the baton of ministry uh, after I go? Can I leave this place, whenever that time is, in better hands than when I got here so that it's more successful – uh, in terms of reaching people, reaching kids, in our case, for for kingdom, for for uh, towards salvation, pointing kids to Jesus, am I, have I left them in a better place to do that 
than when I got there. And I think, I think that's why, because the kids we serve are depending on us passing our leadership baton uh, and, and being ready for that. Fantastic. Jeremy Carroll, thank you so much for your insight. Thanks, thank Chuck. you for modeling for us this idea of mentoring. And uh, listeners, we want to encourage you, look for people around you that you can not only work with, not only uh, put to work in your ministry, but that you can train up. Uh, as leaders, we all need to constantly be looking to develop our own replacements. I think no matter where you lead, if it's in business or in the church or whatever that is, we need to be looking to replace ourselves. And if nothing else, we need to be able to find other people who we can train up to go out into other places, even if not in our roles, but to go out into the rest of the world because the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. How great would it be if we could be people? Uh, I wrote an article recently for Facts and Trends, and it talked about or talking about how to delegate. And so, Trey, maybe we can include a link to that in the show notes as well, along with uh, some stuff where we can find Jeremy. But, but it's just a few tips on how to delegate. And, and an observation that came to my mind there is that great leaders create leaders. Mm, and so as good. leaders, we need to not just be leading, but training up others to take our place. That's so, right. Jeremy, That's thank good. you for your words. Oh, Listeners, thanks, thank you for listening. Hey, listen, I want to invite you to swing by lifeway.com slash VBS. One of the best ways to train up new leaders is to involve them in a short-term opportunity to serve with you alongside you in your church. And VBS is a fantastic opportunity for you to test people out just for a week's time, bring them alongside, use them in crafts or music or parking lot or wherever that is, so that you can sort of give them an opportunity to train them up in ministry without requiring a full long-term commitment to teaching every single week in your Sunday school or, uh, or uh, in one of your regular recurring services. VBS is a great opportunity. So I want to invite you to check out lifeway.com slash VBS where you can learn about our theme this year, Concrete and Cranes, and there you can download some free samples of the resource. So go there, look for the free sample sessions, sign up to download those, and check out the teaching content and the stuff that we are doing with Concrete and Cranes. We'd love to have you check that out, and that's free for you at lifeway.com slash VBS. If you're a director, you can join the the brand new VBS Directors Club right there at lifeway.com slash VBS, and there's a lot of cool, special, fun things that are there just for you if you are the director of your VBS. Check that out, lifeway.com slash VBS. And thank you for listening to the podcast. We'll see you back here next time in another episode of Kids Ministry 101.